Alright guys, welcome back to the Ladies of Selling LA Luxury podcast. I am your co-host Angel Collins and we have again our amazing guest Kevin Latini. Say hello. Hello. So um, just so everyone knows, in case you've been listening and you don't know where to find him, check the show notes, but he will be at clearcaplending.com, right? And clearcaplending on Instagram, although they haven't really dove into Instagram much, but you can still reach out and someone will get in touch with you or just give us a call, shoot us a message, and we'll get you in touch with them. But a little bit about who Kevin Lachini is if you're tuning in for the first time. So he is the founder of Clear Cap Lending. He is a mortgage broker, and we are in our three-part series. So we've gone over... The unpacking the myths of all things lending, at least the top three, we went over what that was. Um, what to do if you're not a traditional mortgage client and options for you for creative loan programs. And then now I want to talk about my favorite one, which is when to know you're ready for your first investment into real estate. How are you feeling? Because I know we haven't even discussed what we're going to go over at all. That's a good one. Let's do it. <laughs> We were just here on a break and he was like, so should we kind of run through some ideas? I'm glad you have notes. <laughs> Could have really gone in a different direction. I have no notes. These are from the last one. That's enough though. Something to guide us. <laughs> it guides us in no direction actually. Um, so I want to talk about it because I am a new investor. Um, Kevin here has all of the experience titles that I'm striving to have. Some I've recently taken on and ones I'm earning, which is developer um, landlord, um, investor, just solely investor. What else? Arson fire investigator. <laughs> okay, that's a, we'll, we'll talk about that at a later date. Someone caught one of our properties on fire on purpose. <laughs> lots of lots of hats we wear around. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so he's been investing how long? Uh, 16, 17 years minimum. And you come from a family that also is in in the real estate development investment background, correct? Yes, yes. You want to tell us a little bit about your experience so everyone's like, well, why should I listen to you? So I, I graduated from USC um, from Marshall School of Business. So I have the finance and, and business administration part of that down. And then I worked for one of the largest uh, REITs in California for a few years. And then I... Can you tell them what that is? The name of the... No, just REIT. like what an... Yeah. Oh, REIT is a real estate investment trust. It's basically where um, a bunch of accredited investors put their money in. They buy um, properties. A management team buys properties, rehabs them, does all the work, basically. Okay. Um, and then I, I moved on to working with uh, my family in development. And then a couple of years later, I, I kind of broke out on my own and uh, started a mortgage company and have been buying property for a very long time, developing it. So when we talk about developments, mm -hmm. like what kind of development? Um, I built single family residences before. Mostly I do apartment buildings. So I'm in the mid size seven to 15 is my sweet spot. But I did, we're just finishing up a 52 unit um, down in Koreatown. I know in, in Cleveland, we're going to be doing some larger ones that are yeah. way bigger than that. Um, but I like the 7 to 15 units the most. Um, okay. And that's the one I have most experience. Like units in apartment buildings or just? Apartment buildings. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So he is one of my business partners. And you've heard me talk about what it's really like to be a landlord. He has been down with the nitty gritty with all of those things with me too. Not like Anne-Marie, she gets to sit back here and enjoy and hold down the business. We always joke on our on our talks about it. 
Um, she gets the glamorous style of being an investor landlord, and then we get to deal with all of the fun stuff. Um, yeah. And fun we're, stuff. When yeah. we're investing, is a little bit of a different climate and environment. So I'm, yeah. I'm learning with alongside you. So you Yeah. Know. But, yeah, so I remember um, my first time bringing up Cleveland, and you had already kind of been researching a little bit. We were kind of looking at properties. And I don't want to focus on Cleveland, but I'm just bringing up the story because the first thing you said is, why are we not investing here? And I was like, well, I want to, but I'm not ready yet. And you're like, you're way more ready than you think you are. So That's actually what I was going to point out when you started talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually felt like I was much more experienced than I thought I was. You, So you were right. But a lot of things that I'm still learning along the way. But for someone that isn't in a real estate profession and background, that doesn't have the experience that I have helping with clients and buy and sell and investors, um, what when do you think that they're ready? What do you think that they should start with? Um, investing is a, is a scary thing. The good thing and the reason why I love, I think you should diversify with the reason I love real estate is because there's an asset to protect your investment. But it's still a scary jump if you don't live in it and do it, you know, every single day. What what it, would you say? It doesn't get less scary. So you just get used to being, uh, you, you get used to the points at which you become fearful and then you're just, you just know that's going to happen and then you just don't pay attention to it. It does never go away. Um, but I'd say as soon as you start to, um, as soon as you, your debt levels are pretty good and... What would that mean? That would mean probably for the average person making seventy dollars to $100,000 a year that you don't have any more than five dollars to $7,000 of credit card debt. Okay. Car is okay. Um, student loans are okay. Those are all long-term installment. Um, really, we want to focus on getting rid of your debt. And then the next thing you want to do is start to accumulate capital. But then you don't want $50,000 sitting in a bank account doing nothing. Right. Um, so that's that's a really easy way because that every day that's going down a little tiny bit um, because of inflation. Right. Um, so really, you're ready when you have any kind of accumulation of capital because you can go anywhere and invest. You don't have to stay in California, number one. So investments are becoming broader and broader. We're going mm -hmm. across the whole nation to do it. So you can buy investment properties for $50,000 right now. Yeah, yeah. We we had a whole series, Anne Marie and I, and we were talking about uh, our $100,000 triplex plus the garage. So we, we did a whole series on where you can invest for $15,000 down. Yeah. Um, and that there are actually experts and property managers that have a whole team. So if you don't know what you're doing and you find the right one that's accredited and, and all of that, then you can kind of protect your investment. Um. So debt levels low, a little bit of money, a little bit of capital. Yeah. So would you say that obviously you want the money to work for you? The goal would be for it to have some type of cash flow if it's if that's just the money that you have, but it should also be money that you're willing to put away and not get a return on immediately. Or like, what are your thoughts? So first and foremost. Everyone should familiarize themselves, and this is, again, the job of your agent and your mortgage worker. So familiarize yourself with the term terminology and what the differences are. There's net income and there's cash flow. So if you have a fully amortizing mortgage payment and you're making 2000 gross a month and with uh, you know principal interest, taxes, and insurance, 1500 is going out, you have 500 cash flow. But remember, some of your mortgage was paid down that month. Mm -hmm. So you have more income than you do cash flow. And every scenario except an interest only. So 
what you want to look at is if you don't have a better place. So if you don't have a better place to invest it, let's say your pay stub employee is accumulating and you're not going to start a business or do something where you're going to make 200% on that, then you, you look at what's available to you. You reach out to people that want you to invest with them. There's plenty of companies online right now. Mm-hmm. Make sure they're trustworthy. A referral is actually the best way. Look at the returns. Cash on cash, I'm getting this much. Uh, real returns, I'm getting this much. And, and make, an, make an educated guess as to what's good and then just go with that. Follow through, go. If you're going to go buy a property yourself or and try and manage it, hopefully it's local. If it's not, you can try it. Everyone has their own uh, mm. capabilities. Um, but just move forward. Know that, you know, it's fine. You're going to figure it out. Your numbers will eventually pan out. And so don't look at the amount of money you have in your bank account and just say, oh, it's $50,000. I'm going to wait till I have 500000 because it's yeah. you, that's... A, you're losing money, essentially. Well, and also... The easiest way to the $500,000 is to start buying properties and let them appreciate. Um, there's down cycles and up cycles, and we all get the properties could lose value. But on the whole, if you hold something for 10 years or longer, the property's going up. So your $50,000, while it's sitting and waiting to become $500,000, why don't we put the $50,000 in and let it become $100,000 while you accumulate the other $400,000? Mm. So instead of waiting for five hundred, dollars you're waiting for two fifty. dollars then at that point, if everything's doubling over 10 years. So, so you see why he's my business partner? <laughs> No, but seriously, I think it's very important. I would say that as a realtor and someone that's also a, you know, a fairly very new investor in the last year, I think that who you have on your team to guide you and if they have to have the experience too and understand the numbers and do what you want to do, you know, and or at least be able to analyze a project for you. So there are there are definitely and I and I don't want to say this in an egotistical way, but there are definitely lenders and other realtors out here that don't know what it's like to invest in a $100,000 property. Um, And so they wouldn't be able to guide you and work those numbers or tell you like, you know, the lessons that they've learned. So no matter where you're at or who you work with, you should ask the right questions because that is going to help protect you. At least if you can come to them and say, here's what I have, what can I do to make it bring in the most for me, whether you have an appreciation strategy or you have a cash flow strategy or you have a mixed strategy. So um, just someone having a license in either mortgages or real estate, I don't believe that that's enough to for someone that has never been in the real estate field to just start making decisions. Absolutely. Because then they go back to like the internet and then searching and then they don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? So, and it's a very scary place if you don't have someone figuring it out with you. Like we have a team of, there's three of us major, like major key players in our investments and that's three different perspectives that We're look at things at, at all different ways. We have some of us that are more of a risk taker, some of us more conservative, you know. So it's very important that if you're going to do it alone, at least make sure your team in the back is solid or that you get a group of people that also bring different values to the investment. You know what? And I'm also going to say, if you have reserves and you're fairly competent, go for it. You, if you find a triplex in you know, uh, Tennessee somewhere for $75,000 yeah. and you can put $20,000 down, you have reserves for six months, try it out. That's, yeah. it's going to be the cheapest education that you can right. possibly get. So it's not a big deal. So what you lose 500 bucks a month, that's how you learn, but more. Well, that's for people, like you said, that have a reserve. Yeah. So, you know, for that. yeah. So if you have a reserve and you're just like, it's almost like I only use my play money in the stock market because I don't know enough about it. Money that I'm okay. Just never seeing again. So 
it's the same thing. So if it's someone that's like, okay, it's money, I'm okay never seeing again, I want to learn. It shouldn't be that bad, but it, it, yeah. But it it could be. It could be. It could be. For sure, yeah. If if you make a big mistake, it it definitely could be. But the biggest, the most important thing that I see even seasoned investors doing, I have people that have 10 houses and millions of dollars and they don't do, um, is setting and defining your goals. What are you trying to do? Is it for cash flow? Is it for appreciation? Mm-hmm. Is it long term? What do you want from this investment? If you're not defining and dictating and then going after that every single time, what's going to end up happening is you're going to accumulate a bunch of investments, but not reach your financial goals mm-hmm. and objectives. So that's going to be very frustrating. I can see that because we have a lot of properties that hit our desk and and I love the idea of them but then when we sit down and review them we're like it doesn't fit our strategy but sometimes people run with that love and it's a problem yeah I would be one of those people if I didn't have experienced people on my side telling me like that's not how it fits you know I am too sometimes I just love like Auburn I love Auburn (laughs) I just want to close on Auburn properties for sure yeah Yeah. so it's possible but set and define you have to know what you're trying to do. If you're trying to, if you have money in the bank and you need to make 25% on it and cash flow is your ultimate goal and you don't intend on selling these properties over the next 15 years, then go look specifically for that. Right. Don't, don't look for an appreciation play that's going to pay you 3% cap. And when you're trying to get 20% yeah. returns, it's not going to work. Um, okay. So that that's the most important. Define and, and, and set your goal so you can execute. So what I'm hearing is make sure your debt to income ratios are low, pay off all your debt, make sure you're in a responsible, stable place. You have some capital. It doesn't have to be a lot of capital. And then make sure that your strategy is very defined and what your goals are. So that way you don't steer from that. And then it protects your risk, essentially. Like Doing all three of those things, I think, put you ahead of even some some investors that have been doing this for a long time. Absolutely. So... I'm so excited that you shared that with us. So again, you can find Kevin Lucini on clearcaplending.com or clearcaplending on Instagram. Um, And he will be on periodically for some bonus seasons because I know that there's a lot of information to cover, but we are just trying to get to the basics um, so we didn't confuse anyone with just where do I start? Because that's the most common question I get asked. I'm sure you do too. But like, how do I get started? We had someone come in the other day and say, I just need to start putting my money somewhere to make money for myself. I have kids, right? So I hope that you saw value in this and we're so happy for you to be here. Is there anything else you want to say? No. You want to say namaste with me this time? Let's do it. All right. Until next time, beautiful humans. Namaste. Namaste.